0: Football. Oh. Baseball. Basketball, anything sports. Auburn's 91.1 FM WEGL presents the scoreboard with your co-hosts, Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcomed at 334-844-9345. Or follow them on Twitter at Jacob underscore Hillman3 or at Bay underscore Marks. Now, let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob.
1: Welcome into the scoreboard on this Thursday afternoon. The weather is starting to cool down. I guess it cooled down and it's warmed back up a little bit, but I'll take these low 80s, high 70s temperatures. I'm Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bay Marks. So we get set for the scoreboard here on Weagle91.1 FM or weaglefm.com. This past week in sports has been something. Bay, how have you survived? Uh, by a thread. I've survived by a thread. It's, uh, it's been a long week, uh, especially with school and stuff, but within the sports world, we have kicked off the World Series, which is definitely one of my favorite times of the year, so um, hanging in there. I would enjoy the World Series more if certain events didn't take place. We'll get to that. We're going to get into that later, but starting off, more sadness. <laughs> the Auburn Tigers. This whole show's is just going to be set. This past weekend of sports was not... I feel like, uh, what, it was one of the worst sports weekends I've experienced in a long time. Worse than Game 5 of the NLDS last year? I mean, yes. Which game would you say was worse? Game 7? Oh, Game 7. Okay. Game 7. Okay. I wasn't with you when you watched it, so I couldn't, game I couldn't say. Game 7 was awful. And the Panthers lost. Auburn lost. Auburn soccer. Green won. Bay lost. So Green Bay got destroyed. It It was terrible. Terrible weekend. Whole weekend. But let's get into Auburn football and talk about what in the world that is. I don't even know. Dumpster fire. Yeah. I. We keep forgetting to do the podcast. We just... Well, we'll vent I, here. I think it's, you know what? We'll vent here. I think we'll just we'll just take it and see see where it goes today. So, I don't even know where to start with the game. That game was a winnable game. I think Auburn was the better team. 100%. I don't know. I think it's kind of easy to say. I was about to say, I don't know where it went wrong, but then I thought about I think we know. And it's the turnovers. And, and it's Bo Nix throwing those interceptions. Now, there's argument whether, you know, some of them were his fault. Some of them weren't his fault. That doesn't matter. You still can't have those turnovers and give South Carolina the opportunities that they need, especially when one of those interceptions was—I mean, one or two plays after Auburn forced a turnover in the red zone. That I think was just the the moment that they you know, think, "Man, this this might get really ugly and get really bad." And it did. I think a big thing too is, did didn't South, South Carolina score off of two of those turnovers? Correct, or did they score off all three of them? I can't remember. At least two of them. I was about to say at least two. So you look at it from the defensive standpoint. If it's only two, the defense really only gives up, you know, 16 points. And I really think that the defense has shown improvement. I think some individuals are still trying to figure things out. I think as a group, they're progressing. They're not there yet. I don't know. It's tough, like because when I say they're progressing, I still see the linebackers, see Owen Papo and Jacoby McLean, are way too talented to be making the mistakes. They're having they an are. insane year. They're having an insane year, but they're still making mistakes. They that, are because what I the play that stands out to me, South Carolina had a big running play, and I don't know what Owen Papo was doing, but he was stuck behind one of the defensive linemen, and it was just this big hole, and he was not making any moves or anything to clog that hole up. I don't know, man. I think, and that's where it kind of hurts, where you have K.J. Britt out from injury, which he could return by the end of the season. You have Chandler Wooten, who's opted out of the season. Um, So you do have those growing pains. One day they will turn into those two guys that are those team leaders and that have that experience and know what their assignments are and where to direct other people. But right now you don't have that leadership in the linebacker position. Now, they are, like I said, they are playing out of their minds in an aspect. If you go check out the article I wrote on WeagleFM.com, you'll see how I do brag about them, but... I mean, Jacoby McLean is fourth in the nation in tackles per game, so he's having a crazy year. But like you said, it does become costly when they do have those missed assignments and whatnot. So, I mean, the defensive line, I think, is molding to, to become better. I think they're still lacking a little bit on the pass rush. Uh, rush defense looks great up front in the front six or seven, I would say. I think the biggest part of Auburn's secondary is the corners and nickels. I think Christian Tut has digressed, honestly. I think his pass... Uh, coverage is where he really lacks in his game. He's a great uh, run defensive nickel, but in the passing game, Christian Tuck gets burnt by about ninety percent of the guys he tries to cover. He does plain and simple. And I, I mean, I think I think McCreary. He, I don't think he's regressed or he's progressed. I think, think he stayed about stagnant his last year, mm-hmm. in which you know that's fine. That's something that Auburn can live with. But then you look at Nehemiah Pritchett. I'm sorry, that effort on that touchdown he was offside, so even if he got an interception it wouldn't have mattered. Such an early jump and he got he got mauled. Come on, man. Yeah. you just That's something that a starting quarterback can't do. I mean, that has got to at least be batted away. Well, and he's been playing for three, that's his third game of the year that he's played in. I mean, no, he played the first game. Point being, having Jalen Simpson out doesn't help. Jalen played to a limited capacity, yeah. so Auburn is super injury-bugged, and that depth that you hear Gus Malzahn talk about from COVID in the preseason really hasn't shown, so... But yeah, it just comes down to the play of Bowe on Saturday. I mean, there were just a few of those, not even just the interceptions, just in general his decision-making was very head-scratching. I mean, I don't even care if Seth Williams caught that home-run ball. What, what in the world was yeah, he thinking? He was just know. thinking, screw it, Seth's down there somewhere. And just... Exactly. And I mean, he's throwing 47 times. That's unacceptable. Why? He should not be throwing more than, I'd say between 30 and even 40 passes a game. I think, I think 30 to 40 is okay. Yeah. And forty, if you're getting to forty, I mean it. It's better be because you. But really it's tank. ridiculous when you have the best, arguably the best freshman running back in the nation that's, in your backfield. Yeah, you know, that's obviously the next point is that Tank you only got 16 carries. He averaged 6.9 yards per carry. Had 111 yards in his first collegiate touchdown. DJ Williams only got four touches. Yeah, he's not playing as much. Give Give Tank 20 plus, and give DJ five to ten. And I think that I think that's a good balance between the two running backs. And of course, Sean Shires will be coming back. He'll be able to get a few touches here and there, but I'll be honest. I remember those first few drives. I was impressed by the offense. Oh yeah, well the the ten the first few scripted plays they had. Auburn looked At, Auburn looked great, and it ooh, Jacob, you don't understand, man. <laughs> when I was in Georgia watching that game, and Auburn went for two, why? It doesn't make it's any sense. It's the first score of the game after the field goal. You're up nine to nothing. Instead of kicking a field goal, making it 10-0. Granted, in the end, it. it did it make a difference besides they needed to go for two if they scored? But why would you not just kick the extra point? It doesn't make sense to me either. And and, and going back, you know, the scripted plays were great because yeah, they spread the ball out. They did. They spread the ball out. He had eight completions to six different receivers. Holy cow, I was thinking, this Auburn offense Looks is going to break out. And what did they do that made it so dynamic? They established the run. They did. And that Tank, Bigsby. Because, I mean, that's saying he was still bouncing off tackles. Yep. But then, after those first two drives where he was dominating – like I would say, they went away from him. They they still gave him carries, but they never let him, like you said, establish a run. Yeah, he would get a carry here and there, but he never went on a he never had two or three carries in a row. It was just here's a run here. Oh, we're gonna throw the ball two times to go three and out. Yeah, I think it doesn't big, make any sense. Well, and I think a big thing too was also early in the game the offensive line looked a lot better. Um, Tayshawn Manning got moved over to the left guard position, which Keandre Jones was looking really good. I don't know why he didn't get the start because Taysom did have a lot of mistakes in that game, but. Uh, they moved Brandon Council over to the right guard position and then pretty much everywhere else was kind of the same with Bardarius Ham and Alec Jackson on the tackles uh, and Brahms at the middle. So point being, early in the game, the O line looked great. Uh they were causing gaps. Like you said, Auburn was mixing it up, spreading the field, getting the ball out to different guys, which is how the offense always should be. Great offense don't rely on just one person. Yeah, and I, I still think the offensive line has a chance to improve. I think they, they oh they, they impre- still have they so impre- much impre- to improve. They yeah. impressed me. Yeah. Because they progress after just so much. Crap was talked about them, especially after the Georgia game. They've they've been, they've definitely improved, and they still have a lot of room to do. Because because so. we're, we're giving a lot of credit to Tank Bigsby, but he is. It's not all him. The offensive line is improved. Starts I, up there. I don't think like against Georgia, he did not run the ball that well. He caught the ball. He did because he's a great player. He found a way to get the ball and make something out of it. Yeah. And these last two weeks, he's gotten the ball, running the ball, and he's done what he should be doing. Yeah. I think this offensive line by the end of the year is going to be way infinitely better than what it was at the beginning. The issue is, I don't know what the passing game is going to look like. I don't know what the play calling is going to look like. If that improves, Auburn might be able to do something crazy, run the table. But I don't see anything like that happening this year. No, I agree. It really comes down to the fact that it's the same play style and playbook from Gus we've seen the past several years. It's just a different guy calling the plays. You're right. So... What's changing? Bring in Chad Morris. He, they talked about how the offense was going to be more dynamic and open up more options. Bo's going to progress. I'm going to say it. Bo's regressed. Yeah. I'm not quite on that. I'm not there yet. I'm, I mean, I am. I'm almost there. I think he's the same as last year because he still has the happy feet. He's still, he's still running out of the pocket early. He still throws those crazy passes that you're just wondering, what in the world? This year he's just getting picked off a lot more. Yeah. And, Which, think, granted, a ball or two was tipped up in the air. Against South Carolina, but granted, don't throw in the coverage or he's going to be able to do that. The first one was Bo's fault, one hundred percent. Yeah. The other two, there's arguments against yeah. them being not his fault because he did hit Seth Williams in the hands on the second one. Still could have been a better throw, and the third one might not have like it might have been Seth Williams running a completely wrong route. We don't know that. And of course, on the sideline, Bo Nix and Seth Williams got into a heated argument. And of course, they talk about it after the game, and you get Coach his Coach Speak, saying they're just two competitors they're fiery guys they just want to win and stuff and honestly i don't think that's you know of course that's not internally but it's one of those things that you you really you find that hard to believe yeah there's something going on yeah which i do i do think that they do they do respect each other in a sense because they both know what they're capable of and i think they do have a good relationship because you can see it on the field especially when things are going their way um and i think it also shows when both when Bo's continuously trying to throw it to Seth when J.C. Horn from South Carolina has him on absolute lockdown, covering him like a blanket. I mean, J.C. Horn had a crazy game on Seth Williams. And that's where it's kind of frustrating as well, is you see those early uh, deflections from Horn and the great coverage defense from him, and you just uh, can't speak continuously throw the ball to Seth. When you have guys like Eli Stove, who started out and had a great game, you have young guys like Zevion Capers on the field. You still have Anthony Schwartz, who had a great game against Arkansas. He had an okay game against South Carolina. So I think that's really where frustration comes in on the offense, is not getting the, balls to mul- not getting the ball to multiple guys when one guy is producing like Seth was. Well, yeah, because that's the thing. Is, like I said, early in the game, it was incredible. Six different guys on eight completions. Yeah. And after that, it just felt like it was, like you said, Bo Nix just looking downfield and said, maybe Seth's down there, and he throws it up. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, the only reason Seth had, as, you know, his game looks decent. Be four receptions on 74 yards is because that one play and it's yeah. because of how athletic he is jc horn literally had his hand between the ball and Seth's hand but he's so strong that he was able to take it from him it would have looked a lot looked a lot better as well if zevion capers didn't get that holding call on that one play and cody burns had to chew him out um that is true. that was also probably due to the fact on third down zevion was celebrating after he was five yards short of the first down marker but um anyway just c- closing remarks is just for me a tank w- tank Williams tank bigsby you have to feed the, do the ball more. First freshman running back from Auburn to have back-to-back 100-yard games since Boobie Whitlow in 2018. First one in SEC play from Auburn since Michael Dyer in 2010. It's number one. Kids special. Number two, it all goes down back to Bo. I mean, second-year quarterback, five-star recruit out of high school, end of the year solid last year against Bama, and then even had a good game against Minnesota, and then you come out in the first four games and you lead your team to a 2-2 two and two record, which you should be 1-3. It's got to be a better play. Hundred percent. I mean, I agree with that. There, there's not much else to say cause I think, I think what we said about the defense is, <sighs> I think it's just a few, like a few. It's harsh because you do have guys playing well. Exactly. That's the thing on defense is, yeah, a lot of guys playing well, and you're, it's like it's nitpicking. But the things that you're nitpicking are like major they, things. They make a huge difference. Yeah. And then on offense, it seems like it's a whole mess. And then taking big speed, it seems like a whole mess. And of course, the offensive line. We like we said, they are progressing, and they're still not there yet. So. I don't know. Well, and it's kind of tough to to pin the defense up against the wall like that when they are getting put in positions where Auburn's turning the ball over close to South Carolina's end zone, so uh, it's frustrating. But regardless, Auburn does play in Oxford this weekend. Auburn football does return this weekend against Ole Miss in Oxford. We're going to talk about that. Plus, the Big Ten returns. College football feels normal now. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break on the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM. thank you for tuning in to the scoreboard with bay marks and jacob hillman you can find the scoreboard podcast on apple spotify and anywhere you find your podcasts it's the scoreboard on wegl 91.1 fm or if you're streaming to the scoreboard live on Wglfm.com. this is bay marks and jacob hillman live from the weagle studios if you want to call in and be a part of the conversation. Feel more than welcome at 334-844-9345, 334-844-9345, that spells out Weagle. Getting into the college football portion of the hour after we just got done ranting about Auburn. If you want to call in, you can rant about Auburn still if you like, or you can make some predictions yeah, about careful. college Be careful, the phone football. line might, might blow up. Yeah. Oh, there's several buttons lighting up as we speak as I say that. No, but let's get into the college football discussion of the hour. Uh, Big Ten is back. Big Ten is back. I'm so, excited. Yeah. The team or the conference, I should say, that did not think they were going to be able to play this season is making an effort to happen through the coronavirus pandemic. And they will be live this weekend starting Friday night, Illinois at Wisconsin, 7 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. So I guess now it's fair to say that the Big Ten teams do belong in the AP poll, whether you did believe it or not. <laughs> yes. This is, at this point, we're at a preseason poll, poll now for them. But. That was a big, like, that was a whole ordeal. Like Once like college football started, it was like I don't know why the Big Ten's in the poll. Well, it's funny because they returned several weeks ago because they were they were in it, and then they took them out because of how, was, how Because I think it was week two that they decided, oh, we're gonna come back and. Because we we're talking, about, like Ohio State might go from number two to unranked, back to number two. But yeah. they went from number two to unranked to unranked to number two. Yeah, it was a it was a weird, weird, weird time. Well, it is normal now because they are back. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get into it. We'll start out with the Saturday matches. They're, UAB does play Friday night, but we're a couple hometownies, so we can't. <laughs> I'm sure, people don't want to hear about UAB. So we'll go ahead and get into it Saturday hey, morning. They do have the longest uh, home winning streak. They do in college football. They so. haven't lost since the return gangering and blazon number one clemson hosting the syracuse orange at home syracuse didn't liberty beat them last week 38 syracuse, to 21 syracuse is trash this year uh yeah i for some reason i, I picked them in my pick 'em last week just because i didn't think liberty would be able to compete liberty is the real deal um that hugh freeze guy i think he could make it in the sec but uh <laughs> we'll get off of that so clemson hosting the orange who do you have and why uh, like I said, the bigger question is going to be if they cover. Clemson by 46. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw a spread that nasty. In a in a conference game. Mm-hmm. In a conference game. You see that in like FCS or SEC. Fair, to be fair, the ACC would be the conference I'd expect that out of. Truth. So. I think Clemson can cover. 100%. Did you see what they did against Georgia Tech last week? They cover. Yeah. Really dude. Ridiculous. Dude. At halftime, it was... 56 or 54 to 7 yeah it was nuts and i then, say clemson covers easy yeah clemson they put their punter at quarterback in Tech. i expect to see that again because i think george tech is infinitely better than syracuse yeah averaging 48 points a game give me the tigers at home number five ohio state seeing if they're going to be the best team out of the big 10 this year hosting the nebraska Cornhuskers. huskers spread is set at 26 and a half in favor of the ohio state buckeyes I think we'd both know who we're picking, and I think if I were to ask you the question, who are we going to look out for in this game, I think we both know who as well. Yeah, and Justin Fields is going to be a guy that is going to have to be on fire to go and win that Heisman, because that's his goal this year, other than to bring Ohio State a national championship, and it's going to be tough against Trevor Lawrence right now, and Travis Etienne, and... Mac Jones entering the race. Yeah, sadly, he's probably and, probably top two right now. And unfortunately, my freaking Heisman pick isn't even playing because this coach wants to pack the stadiums. Just kidding. Sorry, Damelin. But he, to be fair, he could still make it. He's got he's got to go on a tear. Next time he plays, it's probably going to be against Georgia. Hey, you never know. Anyway, Ohio State is going to be really, really good this year. They're going to be one of the best teams in college football. I agree. I Justin think, Fields is going to be one of the best players in college football. I think we'll, we'll have the debate, you know, yeah, Trevor Lawrence deserves the Heisman, but Justin Fields was the better player, and that's going to suck. Kinda, but kinda, I, I kinda think like, that's going to work. Kind of like uh, Kyler and Tua in 2018. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think Justin Fields will be one of the best players of college football this year. Definitely a top five, if not top three draft pick in the draft. Um I think Ohio State really just still has that salty taste in their mouth because they kind of controlled the first half of that game against Clemson until Trevor Lawrence started coming back within the semifinals last year. Uh, and then Trevor Lawrence and his long hair main appearance in the second half. They went on to get their brains beat in by LSU. So, I have Ohio State winning. I think they're the best team out of the Big Ten this year. Uh, don't buy into Michigan. Ohio State wins it. North Carolina hosting NC State ACC matchup. Did I say that correctly? Hold on. It is an ACC matchup. No, I... Th- Hold on. Yes, North Carolina, North Carolina State. My brain broke. <laughs> North Carolina lost to Florida State last week. I picked them to win after a scare from Boston College and beating Virginia Tech at home. They finally lose their first game at Florida State, a team who we were talking about was broken. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a cold take you can uh, go find from us. Yeah. Anyway. Freezing cold. North, North Carolina, I, I think they'll bounce back. I agree. NC State, quarterback you... They look good this year. I mean, look at their schedule. Yeah, it's eh. not very impressive. That Virginia Tech game is glaring to me. It is because they were not impressive. They only beat Wake by three. They beat Pitt on the road by one, which Pitt's a good team. I'm never picking Pitt again because Jared told me to pick them a few weeks ago and they lost. Hey, just wait till we get to another game, Pitt game later. Don't 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 tempt me. North Carolina wins it at home. They just look like the better team this year. Sam Howell. Not having a crazy, crazy year. Still a substantial year for him as well, though. Um, I think North Carolina State's defense is really where they let up in this game, and I think the Tar Heels, Tar Heels win this one at home. Let's go ahead and do it, since it's in the 11 o'clock hour, Jacob. Auburn at Ole Miss. Who and why? Well, let's talk about this a little bit. Ole Miss, the way they played against Arkansas, was completely different from the way they played against Alabama. But I also think Arkansas; is a hell of a lot better than we give them credit for, and I think everyone's starting to realize that. I think we've seen a lot of talk about Sam Pittman, SEC Coach of the Year, and right now he's a front runner. I think that Auburn can get a victory. I'm real; it's tough for me to pick Auburn just because of how how bad they've been these last two weeks. I mean. The thing is, I think that Ole Miss game against Alabama might end up being somewhat fluky. I don't think it was that fluky. I think Ole Miss's offense is explosive. And I think that it is serviceable to a point. But their defense is just trash. I think Auburn will be able to run all over them. Ole Miss's defense gives up 580 yards a game. Yeah. And they average 47 points allowed to their opponents. Which, granted... Alabama has a crazy offense, scored 63. Florida has a crazy offense, scored 51. Arkansas has a decent offense, scored 33. Kentucky scored 41. And Kentucky scored 41. Uh, I have Auburn winning. I really... I don't think they're going to cover. I don't think... It's a three and a half spread, so that's kind of bold to say. I won't (laughs) won't go as far to say that. I don't think they're going to cover. I think it'll be like a one-point victory. I say it's a one-score game. Auburn wins. I don't think Bo Nix has a crazy game, but he does just enough at the end to spread the ball around to lead Auburn to a late game drive that ends up winning them the game. That's kind of my thought, and I think that they're finally. Gonna, I think they're going to run the ball a lot more with Tank Bigsby. I think they are as well. I think. I think a big thing in this game as well is just Matt Corral, and I think if Auburn can really hone in on getting those quarterback pressures, that's where the game gets altered because. Matt Corral is a mobile quarterback. He can run the ball a little bit, get outside of the pocket. But I don't think to the extent of Bo Nix and John Rice Plumley. I think if Auburn gets to him early and it get, gets a good lick on him, I think that's where Auburn can make a difference in the game is the first half. So give me Auburn, and it's going to be an ugly 11 a.m. game. Yeah. I, I kind of like in part. 2018. I, oof, God. When I left at halftime and went and got us pizza. Gosh. Man, that's a, that's a throwback. That is a throwback. <laughs> it feels the same way going into that game that it does this game. Well, yeah, because well, I put I put my article on Twitter, and a, a buddy of mine that we know from the Plainsmen that I've had a class with here replied, said this literally feels like the same thing as 2018 Ole Miss game, like Auburn trying to bounce back. All in that loss to Tennessee, yeah, and now following the loss. The difference is Auburn was above five hundred going into that game. Auburn is currently not above five hundred. Yeah, so fair that's, point. That's the difference. So we both have Auburn. Auburn by a point. Alabama at Tennessee. We'll go ahead and cover this game. CBS. In Rocky Top. Rocky Top just fired. Was it their D-line coach? There was a rumor that it was during the middle of the <laughs> game. Apparently it was in the game. How rough does that have to be to mean, get fired in the middle of the game? Here's the thing. It was not his fault that Tennessee lost by a lot to Kentucky. It was Jared Garantano's fault. I agree. Alabama 21 and a half. Who's smoking the cigars? Oh, Alabama. I mean, I agree. Alabama is smoking those cigars. Because here's the thing. I think it's going to end up being Garantana this weekend for Tennessee. Because, I mean, is there anyone that's better than him no. on that roster? No. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I think Alabama's going to have their way with them. I think just because it's Tennessee and it's this big rivalry game, they keep it close at first. But I say, like, end of the first, like, beginning of the second quarter, a couple deep bombs to Waddle, Devontae Smith, Mechie. Bama starts opening up and they just throttle him. I agree. I agree with that. Bama wins in Rocky Top. No doubt about it. And Alabama will move to 5 0. Oh. Notre Dame at Pitt, the game you're alluding to. Let's get it over with. I know who you're picking. I'm doing it. The upset special. Pitt. I mean, th- this is a perfect setup for it. It's at Pitt. Yeah. They're double digit underdogs. And it's Notre Dame i'm currently looking for my phone because i did pick notre dame earlier and i was thinking about it now now you want to pick pit don't you can i can i text you i'm just gonna text jared and i'm telling you this is the perfect setup this is the ultimate pit i'm surprised i didn't do it against miami last week but it's gonna happen this week i'm against those fighting irish i'm look at it they've lost three games in a row I'm. Oh, they are uh, winning this game. Okay. The reason, though, is I picked them at Boston College. I was like, you know what, Boston College just came off a n- North Carolina game. I was like, I-, I, think, I think Pitt'll pull this one out on the road. Lost in overtime by one. So you know what? Pitt. I'll give you one more chance. This is the ultimate Pitt upset special. One more chance. That's it. If Pitt loses, mark my words, we will. Ne- I will never pick them again. <laughs> Ever. Okay. I I'll still believe in them. When they play Clemson on November twenty eighth. Don't even don't even tempt Just me like that. Just wait. Okay, real quick pickup. Iowa State at Oklahoma State, 17 at 6 on Fox 230. Who do you have? If this was at Iowa State, I'd be picking them, no Agreed. doubt. But Agreed. Oklahoma State, they've got I mean, they're looking good. They've got they still have some they still need to prove themselves. But I, I think that they're gonna look good throughout most of the season. And uh they're they're gonna win this Iowa State game. Oklahoma State has a good defense. Uh, I think yeah. this is one of those games where whoever's at home wins the game. Oklahoma State's at home. I picked them. Hey, They're rolling. Remember when Oklahoma State almost lost to was it Tulsa earlier? Yeah. I was watching what, that game. What in the world? Yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, real quick, last pick before we go to break. Number 18, Michigan at Minnesota. Game of the week. 18 at 21. Who do you have and why? Yeah, I've, I've got Minnesota. I think you alluded to earlier you don't buy Michigan. No. Me neither. As long as Harbaugh's at the realm, even though the spread's in their favor, no. Don't buy him. Row the boat. Ooh, I want to ask about one more game. Go for it. LSU and South Carolina. LSU's not going to have Miles Burning. I picked Carolina. You did? He, he has a lower abdomen injury, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be able to play. LSU just hasn't been impressive overall, though. No. And I think South Carolina's going to build off the momentum from last week. They were Great. jacked up. And Will Muschamp might save him his job. South Carolina home. Well, that's going to do it for the first half of today's show. On the other side of the break, Baymarks and Jacob Hillman will go into the NFL talk of the hour. If you want to call in during the break, it's 334-844-9345 here at WGL 91.1 FM, the scoreboard. We're already halfway done with the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can find more Weagle content at WeagleFM.com or on social media at Weagle underscore AU. Welcome back into the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Or streaming at weaglefm.com I'm Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bay Marks. If you missed the first half of the show, you can go back and listen on the podcast on Spotify or Apple and let's do our college football discussion, including us just ran about Auburn because of the events that took place last weekend. But now we're moving into the NFL where, yeah, we're going a little bit more because our teams also lost there. One of them lost terribly. That did happen. Let it all out. I just we we looked great. First few drives. Next thing you know, it was bittersweet. Jamel Dean gets an interception. Carlin Davis causes a second interception. Next thing I know, I'm on Stanford Law and checking my phone because the game's already out of hand. So yeah, we lost twenty eight point uh loss. So I did not buy the bucks. And I, you know, the reason I That's another freezing cold take we had. That's the thing. go back and listen to that. I could have because the Packers could have not could have been half as good as they've been playing, and I've been like, eh. They'll still pull one out against the Bucs. Nope. it look good right now. That defense is insane. One of the best yeah. in the NFL. And Gronk finally getting involved as well with my fantasy. You know what? Forget Zach Ertz. I am starting Gronk. I think it's a good, smart idea. He hasn't done anything for me this year. i going to have to change my fantasy team name. <laughs> well, nah, it's okay. Yeah. Panthers... They lost by a touchdown to the Bears. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to the discussion we had last week, if the Bears are actually a good team or if they're just a team of fate. Like a team of luck or a team of fate. Like, I honestly couldn't tell you. I Based off of the game last week, Like, the Bears looked okay. They looked okay. They it's, looked bad. They looked okay. Yeah. I Teddy B's stat line's not good. We're not tanking anymore, so you you're invested into having a decent season, so we're not I am. You're at five hundred right now. Don't worry, Panthers you're are facing no Daniel Saints. Thirteen and three. Yes. It Panthers can happen. are Facing Daniel Saints this week. Let's just go ahead and pick that game. We'll go to that first. Drew Brees looks not good. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna be honest. He's just not in the same shape he was in. Regardless of if he has Michael Thomas or not, fully healthy, he's not the same as he was. Having Alvin Kamara in the backfield definitely helps. Alvin, Alvin Kamara is their leading receiver with almost 400 yards. <laughs> so I picked the Saints in the pick-em this week, so I'll pick them on the air. I think it's going to be like a 7- like or 10-point game just because it's in New Orleans. And I think the y'all are still trying to rebound after that loss last week. So I like, I like the Saints in New Orleans. I, I am giving the homer pick panthers i think they're gonna i think it i think this a setup for a great bounce back week and i think they're gonna get but close i don't know why it's taking this long but he's close and i think the panthers are going to be excited about that and they they know they need to win you know prior to him leading up so that he can lead the way try to get to the playoffs for him but i'm picking the panthers this week. yeah next game up on the docket we want to go, go pick thursday night football let's do it this game's gonna suck Giants (laughs) Eagles that's why it's a Thursday night game right Uh, yes you know after New York got the win last week that was last week right yeah got the win last week against (laughs) Washington by one point I'll say it's their own division does it really count no (laughs) because somehow the Cowboys are still gonna suck and still make the playoffs I like Philadelphia at home uh for no particular reason actually they came back on Baltimore last week. They could have rolled over and gave up. They look competent. They did. I like the Eagles. I think their offense is just better than New York's. Give the Eagles at home, and that's why. I, I also agree because, like I said, they look competent. They're they're not good, but they're competent. Also, players to watch: leading rusher in this game, Daniel Jones, twenty-seven carries, two hundred and four yards. Just just FYI. Oh, golly, I didn't realize that, Miles. Okay. That's, okay, that's wrong. I are thought you, I, was, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, how does he have more yards than Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders has 434 yards. I don't know why he says that. Anyway, moving on to Sunday again. Can the Falcons win two in a row for their interim head coach? No. It's the Lions, though. I know, but I just feel like just for whatever reason, that's just, the only reason Atlanta won on Sunday is because it was setting up for y'all to lose. <laughs> now that y'all are done. Stop. They're going back to their losing ways. I, I like Detroit on the road for like again no particular reason. They're hot off a win against at Jacksonville looked convincing. I I like them. Julio's going to continue his dominant ways and finally gets in the, into the picture. I mean, God, it's goodness gonna, gracious, it's going to be so funny when the Falcons go six and ten and have the middle of the pack. Maybe you're lucky to go six and ten. It'd be funny though. Probably sub six and ten. you got to go five hundred the rest of the way out. Do you like them in this game? Falcons are the the Lions are terrible. Yeah. So are the Falcons. I think the Falcons I think they're the best one and five team ever. You say that every week and every year. I know. They're the best four and four and twelve team I've ever seen. I'm just saying, they no, no. if you're not picking the Lions, you're Falcons. wrong. Falcons. Falcons. Falcons and they cover. Mingles Browns. Do the Browns bounce back from that disaster last week, or does Joe Burrow get his first division win? i think cleveland bounced back um you know i just i think the Bengals, especially after a close loss last week i don't see them at home beating cleveland i know they had a lot of problems last week but that's one of the best teams in the nfl this year pittsburgh looks really good so i wouldn't hold it hold it against them exactly cleveland moves to five and two this week and gets a much needed road victory to get back on track agreed and they really need they need maker to get healthy and stop being terrible yes that that would help bills and jets (laughs) this is easy Bills, Bills Mafia, circle the wagons, Cowboys football team. <laughs> oh, that's two different teams. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowboys in Washington. I can't remember who I picked for this game in the pick 'em. I'm. I really. It's probably Dallas. Let me. Let me pick. I. I. I picked Dallas. I don't know. I just. I can't trust the, the 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 Washington team. I. I'm being completely honest. Let me look at the. I think Andy like Andy Dalton was trash on monday night but i also think the cardinals just came out firing and also zeke fumbling twice did not help i can't see who i picked um i'll just say the cowboys just because it's the football team uh on the road doesn't matter cowboys by like a field goal like at the very end you're packers against the texans you know normally i feel really bad about this but houston just can well the only thing that scares me is Houston did just come off an overtime loss at Tennessee. So they, they could have and probably should have won that game. That's the only thing that scares me. And they did only lose by one score to Pittsburgh on the road. But I feel like after that loss last week at Tampa Bay, I feel like Aaron Rodgers and company and Matt LaFleur are going to come back and just have like a great week this week on the road. It's a 12 o'clock game. I think Aaron comes out firing. I think, I mean, Devontae didn't have a great game last week. I think he has a better game this week. I like the Packers on the road. I'll say, FBI does not like the Packers as much anymore. Only a 57.9% chance to beat the Texans, who, eh. who the Texans looked trash earlier. Yeah. But, like you said, they're coming off that overtime loss to the Titans, who look great, with and Derrick Henry just went off. And a big victory over Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm still picking the Packers, but... Look out for Deshaun Watson. Go, Pat, go. The game of the 1 o'clock window. Game of the week, really. I don't know why it's in noon. They fl- they flex other games, but they didn't flex this game. Steelers and Titans. Great game on, on the docket. Two undefeateds. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Ben Roethlisberger, Chase Claypool. Where are we going? Steelers. Defense makes a difference in this game. I think on the road, also, like you just said, Pittsburgh has found a new weapon in Chase Claypool as well. James Conner's been toting the Rockwell this year. Ben Roethlisberger only has one pick on the year, for nearly 1,200 yards. I like Pittsburgh on the road. Close game, but I like them. I'm picking the Titans, and I don't know. I, I just really like Ryan Tannehill what he's doing this year. He's played well. I'll give it to him. Bet- passing game's been a lot better. It it's has the been. biggest point. John Smith, I don't know where he was last week. He didn't do much last week, but I think he can bounce back with a Not necessarily a huge game that's going to impact, but catch a touchdown or two, and that'll be big for the Titans. Yeah. Moving on to the afternoon slate. This game is interesting. It was supposed to be Sunday Night Football. Now it is in the 3 o'clock window because the Raiders' entire offensive line is in quarantine due to a COVID-19 positive. Tampa Uh, wins. Yeah. Yeah. On the road, after they just came off a great win against the Packers, I think they keep the momentum rolling. And like you said, COVID has kind of struck the team, getting their mind off things. I think Tom Brady's looking great right now. Give See, me Tampa Bay. Before all this happened, I picked the Raiders. But uh, their entire offensive line. Hey, I don't blame you. I mean, I don't blame you. That's the thing. I just, I just kind of felt like they're... The Bucs are... Well, what we saw from them... When was it? It was the, the Chicago game. I feel like that's going to be more of what we see from them, and I think the Raiders can take advantage of that on offense. But they don't have an offensive line. Eh, I don't know about that. Assuming the Bucks or assuming the Raiders, you know, they do play this game. I still don't buy the Raiders with that without their offensive line practicing these last two days. So I'm going to pick the Bucks. I'm, I'm going to have to change that in our pick them. Another afternoon slot game: Chiefs Broncos. Broncos coming off a win at New England. Ugly win. Yeah, it was ugly. You know, thankful for Brandon McManus. But Kansas City coming off a Monday night win over the Bills in a rainy, rainy day. Chiefs. Yeah, pretty easy there. Yeah, 49ers Patriots, 49ers. After that horrific Dolphins loss, beat the Rams, who they're frauds. Yeah, I picked the Rams. I was... The Rams are frauds. I wasn't happy. No, I mean, I... I, I probably did, too, honestly. Yeah. I mean, with, it, with the 400s <laughs> against the Dolphins, I was like, there's no way. Well, even, even if the Rams were frauds, yeah. I didn't think any, there was any chance. But I think the biggest thing with New England is just that was Cam's first game back from the COVID scare and stuff. So, Cam getting back in his groove at home. I like I like New England and Bill Belichick. Can we have this discussion now? Is the NFC West really that good? Seattle Outside of Seattle, is. no. Seattle is. I think Arizona, Seattle, is San Francisco, average. Los Angeles, and the Cardinals. Cardinals, yep. Cardinals are mediocre. I think they're better. I and think so the Rams. I think the Cardinals are the second best team. I think so too. I think the Rams, Rams are fraud. And the 49ers, who are the two teams they beat other than the Rams last week, the Giants and the Jets. Yeah. I, I besides Seattle, not really. They lost to the Eagles. Yeah, I think they're pretty mediocre. The Rams are the same way. Guess who? So they're they're four and two. Guess who their four wins are against? Dallas. Uh. You're, you're on the right track. Just you, you can guess the other three. pace off that one. <laughs> Dallas is. Are they three NFC East teams? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh, all three? four of them. Oh man, hey, they swept the NFC East. That doesn't even count. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, just yeah. Put an asterisk by that four. Well, everybody will have an asterisk this year. Rams are frauds, <sighs> and Patriots. I'm giving them the win. Cam Newton, big game here. And the last game of three o'clock window, Justin Herbert against Gardner Minshew. Justin Herbert, Me he's too. picked up the pace. I'm picking. I'm picking Justin Herbert as well. Sunday night football that was just changed today. Flex into it. Seahawks Cardinals. This could be a really good game if the Cardinals aren't frauds like their fellow well, NFC the, West teams. I mean, they drummed the Cowboys, which isn't saying much. So this will make it a really interesting game. I still pick Seattle just because Russell Wilson's tearing it up. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of simple self-explanatory to put it in simple terms so i like seattle on the road in that seven o'clock window the tennessee titans are going to be the last undefeated team because the cardinals are taking them down wow i'm picking it wow it's at state farm stadium i have primetime Russ is scary but i think primetime kyler is gonna be even better all right monday night those frauds in la and the chicago bears give me the bears i picked the bears as well I'm, I'm not fully sold on Los Angeles, obviously, like you aren't. Uh, the Rams are six-point favorites? No, I like Chicago. Woo-hoo. Nick Foles has my trust. I, lo- I love you, Nick Foles. You yeah. my trust. That is a line. On the other side of the break, unfortunately, Major League Baseball and the World Series on the scoreboard. One more segment before we turn off the scoreboard for the day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can listen to us live every Thursday at 4 p.m. on WEGL 91.1 FM or at WEGLFM.com. And we're back on The Scoreboard, WEGL 91.1 FM or if you're streaming live on WEGLFM.com. This is The Scoreboard final segment of today's show with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Thank you for tuning in, Dad and Poppy, if you're out there you to call and be a part of the last discussion of the World Series, 334-844-9345 is the line that you need to hit up, 334-844-9345. Jacob, I don't think you want to talk this segment. Do I have to? You don't have to. I can mute you. Here, just as simple as that. You're muted. Can't can't speak anything. No, but uh, Jacob's team, the Braves, who I picked to be my, quite frank, World Series champion... Let me down. To be fair, you didn't even have them winning the World Series. I said Dodgers in seven. I said Braves in seven and winning the World Series. So I technically should be more hurt than you, but uh, it is your team. You feel the pain. You should be more hurt than me. Hey, it's a pickem. Pickems are important around here. They the are not that department. important. <laughs> they are not that important. Regardless, as I was say, like like you, said, blew- you, you were not there to see how I took that loss. Atlanta blew another lead. Falcons, the Braves. I think the Hawks blew a lead in the NBA like a decade they, they ago. They never blew a lead, they just they were the best team in the NBA and got swept. <laughs> nah, I'd call that blowing a lead. So, yeah. regardless, the Dodgers move on. So, World Series is already underway if you've been under a rock. It's 1-1 to as of last night. The Tampa Bay base, Tampa, whoa. Tampa Bay Rays tied it up after one game, uh, after two games, I'm sorry. Dodgers took game one. Last night, Tampa Bay won 6-4. To tonight, or no, there is no game tonight. I'm sorry. Tomorrow night is when they will face off again. Los Angeles will be playing Tampa Bay once more. Walker Buehler will get the start versus Charlie Morton at 7 o'clock on Fox. Look, What have you seen so far in this series? Mookie Betts. God, don't, no. That's a sore <laughs> thumb that we don't talk about. Clayton, K- Clayton Kershaw actually performed yeah, well. Yeah, he looks good this year. That was a big season. thing. Yeah. I would be confident going into his next start. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he has some crazy stat. Like, what was the whiff percentage or some crazy whiff percentage? It like it was the most since they started tracking that. I think game three of y'all series, the only bad game he's had so far this year. Mm-hmm. And it was and it was late in the game. It was his fifth or sixth inning before the Braves really took him yeah. out of the game. But yeah, Kershaw's doing much better this series. But I mean, it's it's monkey bets for the Dodgers and for the Rays. Freaking, who would have guessed Brandon Lau? Yeah, two home runs last night. I was expecting Randy to go off, but... Eh, I picked him for, to be my MVP. Same here, and I don't know, because I picked Rays in seven. I picked Rays in seven. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. It's just... Last night was big because also, Snell. Yeah. Dodgers yeah. did show signs of life late. They did. They battled late. They did. Corey Seager, naturally. It's a home run to keep them alive. I mean, when is he not hitting home runs? Have you seen the picture of Bellinger going around on social media where he's squinting and says... So how many games you have to win to win a best of seven? <laughs> no, I have not. Because he just, not to be rude, but he just looks dumb as a rock. Oh yeah. Oh no. And those, uh, those photos in the dugout, the videos in the dugout. Yeah. Yes. It's a does. picture of him sitting on the bench. Yeah. He, uh, a Bellinger, my lord. Who cares about a dislocated shoulder? He still hit a bomb in game one. Yeah. To lead off the series. Yeah. Not lead off, but Kick first the series, series. Going, Yeah. I don't know. It, this is interesting because I think it's going to be back and forth. I think every game is going to be different. Dodgers are going to dominate one game, Rays are going to dominate the next. And you know, that's not that fun. I said that I don't think we get any extra inning games. I said we would, but now I don't think we will. I think I think what you just said is spot on. It's back and forth, one team pounding the other. Uh, I think honestly, the matchup Friday night between Walker Buehler and Charlie Morton, that'll be a fun pitching matchup though. Yeah. I like that pitching matchup. That's what kind of Tampa Bay's been known for in this year, is this different dynamic of pitching first because baseball's kind of turned into an offensive first game with one or two solid starters. Um, but Tampa Bay's kind of changed that dynamic, like I said. And uh, Game 3 is set to be a good one Friday night. I, I think that's going to be a great game to watch on Fox. Mueller's special, and I really think that, from what I saw it, when he pitched against the Braves, it makes you think, man, this kid's going to dominate. I think he could be... <sighs> This series goes seven. Y'all beat them though in the game he pitched though, right? He did, but he, he did won. well. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. It was one of those things. It's one of those things where I think Buehr could be kind of the most important player of the series. He could be because I think he could come in later in the series on short rest if it goes long enough. Who knows? Yeah, I, I just, I think a big thing as well is just, I know we just talked about it, but it is something to bring back up again is Clayton Kershaw. He is. Uh, according to ESPN, supposed to be set up to pitch on Sunday night uh, in game five. That could really, if the Dodgers pull out another game or even two of them and that's a deciding game, that could be something that pushes the Rays over the edge. Um, It's it's just such an interesting matchup and I think that the big thing is just, like I said, the pitching and then whose offense shows up throughout that pitching. Yeah, because the Dodgers, we, we know what they're capable of. It's just Tampa Bay staying consistent within their offense and also, Shout-out to Tampa Bay for finally putting away Houston. Have to give them credit there. <laughs> Thankfully. It was close. Man, this series would be... I mean, I haven't even watched it, in all honesty, yet. The World Series? Yeah. I've watched bits and pieces. But if the Astros were busy. in it, I would probably mute it on Twitter I'm, and everything else. Yeah. I Yeah, It's it's one of those things where after what I had to take... This whole weekend, I couldn't do it to myself. You couldn't. Would you, though, for the sake of sports? Probably. Who do you have? Raising seven still. Raising seven. I thought Arizona was going to be the MVP. I think I'm going to start watching this weekend. Tomorrow night, our apartment. Be there, be square. That's going to do it. For the scoreboard this week, Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman on WGL 91.1 FM. Catch the podcast on all pa- podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes. We'll be there if you want to go back and listen to this episode, as long with the other ones. Thank you for myself, as long as Jacob. See you next Thursday, 4 o'clock.
0: This has been The Scoreboard on 91.1 FM WEGL with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Join us every Thursday at 4 as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at weglfm.com and following us on Twitter and Instagram at wegl underscore AU.